Walkie legend, kill blacks. Welcome to ES3N, the Essential Sports Network, hosted by three essential workers. I am one of your trio of co-hosts, Chris Four One Four Lepo. With me as my, with me as always, are my partners in crime, my brothers from another mother, Richie Dot Bears Donnell, baby, and Markelio Logic Atkins. Yes, yes, y'all. And today, folks, we are going to be talking. A couple of things near and dear to our hearts here. You may have not, you may have noticed, or you may not have noticed that we have been that a huge segment had been missing from ES3N podcast lately, uh, particularly that of a basketball NBA nature. Well, folks, I'm sorry we were too busy out there living it, experiencing it. Uh, the drunken debauchery is long and varied, and because we do not want this tape used against us in a court of law, we are going to skip through major parts of that. Uh, we did the parade afterwards, but the news, folks, if you haven't heard, you might want to ask somebody, the Milwaukee Bucks win their first championship in nearly 50 years. Exactly 50 years. Uh, Giannis put up 50 for the 50 year, then went and got himself a 50 piece afterwards. I mean, the amount of emotion, if you, if, for those of you who want to know what we were feeling in the, in the moment, in the excitement, there's a very loud piece uh, done with our boy Plaz in his laboratory piece. We were guests. He had us on that night to get our reaction out of Milwaukee. Um, and boy, there was there was some excitement in the air. I mean, Markilio, can you talk a bit on what you feel with the Bucks having won a championship for the first time in your lifetime? Oh my God! Like, where do you even really start with this? Right. Man? I'm still kind of in awe right now um, that you know the Bucks did it. I feel like you know, pinch me, wake me up. Is has this really happened? And as I kind of, you know, stated on Plaz show, it's a surreal feeling, man. You you think about all of the games that you watched as a Buck fan. You've seen, you know, go from the Bradley Center to, you know, uh, now the serve and, and just kind of see the change in management. You see the development with Giannis uh, and the loyalty that Giannis has given back to the city. And, you know, the effort of just saying, hey, I want to bring a championship here. And he's done it. You know, last last season, everybody was trying to figure out a way to get rid of Chris Middleton. And, you know, what was Giannis going to sign? No and, you know, but now we champions. It's crazy to even say that right now. But it's well-deserved. I know, you know, a lot of people talk about Giannis. And Giannis, of course, was amazing. Video game numbers in the final game. But it was a lot of pieces that came together and made things happen. A lot of big support players and a lot of key moves that made this championship happen. When it's all said and done, it's just, it's a beautiful story, man, because it's it's this small-town team that, you know, went, went against the odds 
destroyed. Well, I won't say destroyed, but beat Brooklyn and then came in, you know, came back from being down two and ran <laughs> ran it off on well, them. No joke, man. And I got to tell you, I, I think this kind of solidifies some of the stuff I was saying at the end of last year where the break, you know, where the pandemic hit and the NBA took a break while the Bucks were just absolutely on fire and rolling into stuff. I mean, I, I think that la the last year's final was dramatically affected by that break. I think it took the wind out of the Bucks' sails. I think the Bucks absolutely ride that high. Certainly they looked like that on the parade. I mean, Richie, we're talking about an organization you've, you've had the pleasure of working for. I mean, you, not only as a fan, but as a former employee, um, you know, how, how does, how do you feel about a Bucks championship? Yeah. So I was thinking about when the way that you asked Markilio the question and it's funny because you asked him, well, this is, you know, the first time in your lifetime you've seen a Bucks championship. This is the first time in my lifetime I've seen a professional championship. Uh, the bears won the super bowl before I was born. And so the only that, right. And so yeah, the right. only <laughs> right. And so the only championship that I've ever seen took place at the college level. I had never seen, uh, you know, a Super Bowl champion that I rooted for. I've never seen a World Series champion. And so this is the first championship that I have seen of a favorite pro team. Um, but it's it's one of those things where even if it's another 50 years and I'm 81 years old sitting in a nursing home, I'm going to remember that on what July 22nd where I was when game six ended, because it just, it has that type of feel, you know, to, to experience that um, as an employee. I, I mean, yeah, I worked at the Bradley center, <laughs> you know, I, I mean, I remember Matt Barnes going in the locker room after guys like you know, John Henson, you know, um, Malcolm Brogdon, you know, wishing me Merry Christmas. Who he, Both those guys no longer um, with the team. I worked at the Bradley Center the year that uh, the Bucks famously lost four straight to the Raptors, even though we beat them by 50 in what was a game three or whatever it was. It just – the Bucks always found a way to take you on this roller coaster of emotion. Um, and, you know, to, to say that we beat Brooklyn and, you know, we end up going against Atlanta and Giannis has the injury and all these things. We were the three seed. We, you know, last year we were, I think we were the, I think we finished the one because of COVID we were, I think the one the year before, um, so to be the three seed and to finally be people overlooking us, I think is what kind of took the pressure off their back a little bit because uh, Chris, you mentioned it. I, I mean, we could go back and, and look in the archives, you know, people are talking about what is Giannis going to do? Are we going to trade Middleton? I think, I mean, if I remember correctly, L you and I had conversations about, hey, we need to get Bradley Beal and what's it going to take? You know what I mean? Those were kind of real conversations. There was conversations heading into the playoffs, heading into the playoffs as what as to whether we should fire Budenhoser. You know what I mean? And you know, you know, it's another weird story. Um, if you could make it out of round you, one, but I, I, but right. but we 
but a lot of people don't even think about this. You know, the beginning of the season, a lot of people was very upset because of what happened with Bogdanovich, and I, and I was one of them. So, blessing in see, disguise. Yeah, to see us playing him with Drew Holiday, you know, it was, it, it was crazy. Not only that, but, you know, one of the things that, that I talked about why I was upset about that trade was because I love Dante. And Dante was a huge part of this team until he got hurt. Um, and he got hurt in the sweep of, of Miami, but he was the one guy we had that had the, the, the one characteristic that we lacked and that's grit. And you saw him make these hustle plays and these type of plays that you expect from, you know, from players that are part of NBA championships. They then went out and got Drew Holiday. They signed Bobby Portis. They traded for PJ Tucker. Dante was that first guy, which is why I was a huge fan of him because he did those little things and he did the things that don't show up in the box score. Well, now they quickly then added three more guys after that. And, and, and that is a big difference between the teams we've seen in the past. They, they had good players. Giannis is an all-star. Giannis is an MVP. Chris Middleton is an all-star. But they didn't, they two time. Yeah. But I mean, but he's an MVP. He's won it. It doesn't matter how many times he's an MVP. Um, You know, Middleton, he'd want you to count them both. You win more than one championship. You want to talk about that too. Tom Brady doesn't show up with one ring, right? No, but but, it, but, but. I, it's it's funny that he says that though, because I, I I really think it, it kind of brings a, a segue for us to even talk about what now, what now in the future now that we've accomplished yeah. that championship and you know in a time right. of super teams and now Golden State, we're talking about we're going to be talking about the draft uh, coming up, and you see. Right. Golden State coming back to possibly be in Golden State with the introduction of some more young guns on there and the addition of Clay. So, yeah, I mean, I mean, I think you got to start with the guys that have options. You know, Bryn Bryn Forbes opted out today. Um, I I think the writing was on the wall there. I mean, he, you know, he he played well. (laughs) He played well in stretches in the regular season. But I mean, Um, he's that. Right. He's that I feel like he's a very replaceable piece. Right. He's got his ring. Yes. I he's hope a, he goes out there side the other team the Chiefs, yes. but he he's is absolutely right. expendable. When we're talking about the guys who are expendable, he's on the list. Right. Um the other big option that that hasn't been announced yet or hasn't, you know, uh that he hasn't announced yet is Bobby Portis. Um Bobby Portis is only owed 3.5 million dollars. Uh, he has openly said he has turned down, he turned down more than double what the bucks were paying uh, to come here. I hope he feels that way still to play out the second year of his deal. Um, you don't think the bucks will maybe try to get something done and extend him an extra year. I don't think they can afford it. They're over the luxury tax because of bonuses, because of the bonuses with winning the championship that kicks in extra, extra contract incentives for guys like Middleton and Drew and Giannis. But, and, the, and now they, they have gone over. So the NBA has two salary caps. They have a soft salary cap, which is the 0.00, which would be a hard cap in the NFL. And then they have a soft cap, which is in the negative. And if you go over that, you then have to pay $2 for every dollar you're over. So let's say they end up going over six million dollars. The the owners of the Bucks will owe, will owe twelve million dollars. So it, it's 
they're in a tough position because they paid for what they got. What they got was a championship and it was absolutely worth it. The hard part is now can the Bucks put themselves in a position to be able to sign these guys who want to come here to help keep it rolling. That's Bingo. that's going to be the call. That's going to be the tall tale. And, and the rumor right now is, is the Bucks already have their eyes on a guy. If Bobby Portis opts out that the, the top name is rumored right now is Jeff Green. Jeff Green. Yep. And so we'll see how it plays out because if you look at the teams that, that were like, you look at the Lakers. Okay. We'll look at the Lakers dynasty. It was Kobe and Shaq, but they don't win championships if they if they're not able to sign mid-level guys. Rick Fox, Robert Horry, those guys were were key parts of the, even though everybody's gonna remember Kobe and Shaq, those well, see, guys without those guys, who knows? It's the gift and the curse because right. the beautiful thing about it is people like you said, come. people want to come. You're a champion, man. Chase that chip. So we'll get someone that they'll be able to come here and yeah. you know. Might some, we yeah, some veterans? Yeah, yeah, and we might we might even pay him five million, <laughs> but well, it'll, yeah, it'll be worth the it. Mid level, yeah, we'll get yeah. the mid level, and so we still might be able to get somebody. Because you think about it, Portis is what twenty five years old. I think he was the draft. I think he got drafted a year after Giannis. So I mean, they're they're basically around the same age. I really, mean, I didn't not, realize. So. Then, uh, so let's say the best case scenario here that, I mean, we want you to wow. stay. I mean, Bobby, I almost feel Bobby, like, why Bobby, 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 Bobby. I'm about to say, I was, I'm just wondering why it is that, you know, I mean, okay, we'll do that. Did we, maybe you go, Hey, Bobby, you know what? Play one more year for us under the deal we've got. Let us continue to make some room and we'll find a way to pay you the year after. I mean, I feel like, but then do you why lose, worry about you, another guy? Why well, worry well, about you, another you guy lose when Tucker you got then. the guy? Well, well, but so then, but then you lose Tucker. <laughs> well, that's and that's just it. So the rumor on Tucker. Right, but is I mean, how old is Tucker? Is Tucker 35. I thought Tucker might retire? Right. Tucker's like 35. So the rumor on Tucker is that Tucker got his ring, and there's a good chance he's done. He's gonna retire right off into the sunset. Um the, the Chris, I, I think you're on to something though, where I think. If the Bucs can find a way, they obviously have their core three. Those guys are locked up, big money for a while. I th- but I think you're onto something. If they can convince certain guys, a Dante DiVincenzo, to sign under his value, but to be in a place for a long time, play his career, rent a ring, be, you know, be on championship yeah. caliber team. Bobby, hey, man, we know where you're making shit money. Play out this year. We'll up your money. We'll give you an extra whatever, you know, to keep you. But you're a core guy. We want you here. We're going to spend to keep you, you know. But but essentially what ends up happening when you run into this, when you run into this, like Marquilio said, it's a blessing and a curse. It's a blessing because guys want to be here. Now the problem is, is your guys like Bobby Portis become expendable. We don't see it that way because you obviously want Portis to be here. The problem is, is you can't afford him. His, because he is worth, we're paying him seven over two years. He's worth seven a year, and he's going to right. get that. That's going to be the problem. You can't keep guys like that for a career like you used to be able to. Guys like Tony Parker and Manu Ginobili who take under slot money so that way Tim Duncan can be paid like a megastar and you can add all these great pieces to have a Spurs dynasty, it just doesn't happen. You know, guys win a ring, then they move on. It, it's 
It's the way of the land, unfortunately. Unless you Tom Brady too. And, well, well, but but now we're talking a completely different sport, and that's just it, right? I, I mean, that's the hard part because they're well, already talking about Kawhi possibly leaving, Chris Paul out and out and leaving. I, I mean, that's just the nature of the beast. Yeah, facts. Well, and I, I think that's an excellent segue for us to wrap up this conversation and move into our next topic. You talked at NFL football, guys. Today, or actually over the last couple of days, the news broke that Aaron Rodgers has come to a new agreement with the Green Bay Packers. This comes, of course, after rejecting a uh, two-year extension that would have kept them in Milwaukee up to five years. Uh, A lot of it's being pushed as the bridge between the Packers and Rodgers that could lead to a future reconciliation. And I'm not sure if either of you two are familiar with what a couple of the details involved, all right? So the new agreement kind of boils down to a couple of things. One, it's Green Bay voids the 2023 season on Rogers' deal. So the final year of his contract automatically gets dissolved. He signs a two-year deal, and that deal comes with a with, with an agreement that they will not franchise tag him anytime in the near future all right meaning so they're not going to tag him after the 2022 22 you know whatever the second season is right after the 2023 season he'll just be a he could be a free agent if he turns down everything else and um they agree that he'll him and management will meet at the end of the year to discuss his future right yeah so this this to me fills one of my predictions, which said there was, I, I originally thought there was a 0% Aaron Rodgers goes anywhere else. Uh, I now believe Aaron is on the move after this year, um, almost without a doubt, whether Jordan Love is that answer. I mean, I'm not too sure, but I mean, I think the writing's on the wall. Richie, you, what's your opinion? Yeah, well, I was, I was just going to say this would be the perfect segue uh, for Ike, who is, is, is on uh, hiatus right now, or he's on sabbatical. Uh, for a better term, Ike is on a sabbatical right now. This would be great for uh, for Ike replay to come in and Chris go, wow, when I said there is a 0% chance that Aaron Rodgers opts out, there's a 0% Aaron Rodgers does anything except show up in Green Bay. Because, Chris, you're, you can say whatever you want now, but you absolutely had your doubts. But I, th- I think the further along it got, when they started giving him ways to opt out, like, oh, you know, we're, it's like I kept seeing things that were moving towards us like there's no way he does this. There's no way he does that because Devontae Adams recently came out. Right. Right. And fra- contract negotiations between him and the Packers have broken down. And right. If you don't think the Aaron Rodgers so there's, there's, played a role in that. Shit's two going key to get real here. in Green Bay. There's there's two key pieces that are going to play out huge in this thing. The, the one piece, which is kind of funny in a way because it's kind of Aaron Rodgers, again, throwing his weight around. The the apparent peace agreement that was made outside of what you had mentioned was Aaron Rodgers said, go get Randall Cobb and I'll show up. So today, breaking news comes out that the Packers have traded with the Houston Texans for Randall Cobb. So Randall Cobb will be coming back. For those of you who can't see my face, I I heard that he asked for Randall Cobb. I couldn't imagine that we were going to go out and get a player that we passed on 
four years ago. Yes. And so Randall Cobb serviceable anywhere else, <laughs> yeah. but the Packers went out and signed him. Huh? Yeah. Well, they went and traded for he him. He could stand right next fit. to Futches. They, they, totally they didn't. Useless. They didn't just pay him. They went. They gave up assets for him because he had to what be traded they, for. Please, I don't know. I, it wasn't nothing dramatic. Oh, now I gotta know. But uh, the other aspect too that you had talked about Rogers being gone after this year. The other thing that's a part of that deal that you had mentioned, Chris. Excuse me. Is Roger is if if an agreement cannot be made where Rogers signs an extension, he if, if him and Gutekunst are not able to repair whatever this relationship is. He has permission to seek trade. It is basically the agreement that was put on that for the last year of his deal for next season, he has been given permission to talk with other teams in order to seek a trade somewhere else, which is a big piece of that because you have a lot of teams that were rumored this year for quarterbacks that now they can evaluate their quarterback situation. San Francisco's probably off of that boat a little bit because they drafted Trey Lance. But I think if they can sit Lance for two years and get one year of Rodgers or Oakland or not Oakland, I'm sorry, Las Vegas has the opportunity to, again, evaluate Dave, uh, Derek Carr and see where he's at. They might be able to give up uh, some key assets. There's going to be some some quarterbacks who are coming into contract years that are young, that people that, that are kind of on that fence where they're eh, 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 what do I do? What do we do? A lot, I think there's going to be a lot more teams available for Rodgers this time around than there was uh, this summer. So, guys, let me just tell you how I felt when I heard the news. I took a deep <laughs> breath and said, praise God. Because, I mean, the writing is on the wall this season, but the writing was on the wall even, you know, when they drafted Jordan and we knew that if it wasn't this year, it was going to be next year. But I really felt like we have an opportunity to really make a deep run this year. So to, if we can get another year out of Aaron Rodgers that we got as last year, let's run after that championship. Chris, before you go, I I have, you guys are are the resident Packer fans here. Um, I obviously have my opinion based on, how I believe things should be done from an organizational standpoint. This has nothing to do with the Packers. This is just how I believe in terms of organizational mindset. As Packer fans, uh, Favre, in my opinion, did it to himself because he kept the retired, like he kept, he retired like nine times and then would show up. I will, I will absolutely Favre, agree with Favre that. Did it to Favre did that to himself. So, yes. so here I have, so two questions here. If as, as Ted Thompson and, and Brian Gutekinds won, how do you let, I, I don't understand as how do you let things boil to the point where they are now, obviously. And, and this is the second, and again, whether Favre again did it to himself, I, I will stand by that, but this is now the second hall of fame quarterback you have that is likely going to put on another uniform. So how, how do you let that happen? And, and my second question is how do you think in any situation whatsoever Gutekinds thought you know what it, it's Rogers it is what it is do you think in in any way possible he thought there was going to be the rollover of players that that it, it sounds like because it sounds like Zadarius Smith 
is now coming out and voicing his opinion of frustration. Um, Devontae Adams has obviously done so as well. Do you think good? I mean, I mean, if you're the GM, how, how can you let it get this bad? See, I always think from a lot of times from an administrative or just from a professional standpoint, people really get out of a touch in some of the ownership and some of the politics really get put into the picture and people lose value of their most valuable asset and that's the players um they look at these players as if they are expendable they look at um Aaron Rodgers as a 40 year old that only has a certain amount of time left um they 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 don't value I, I feel bringing um a player such as Aaron Rodgers into some of those you know meetings and having some of those discussions with him um I think it was a clear sign even like when Atlanta decided not to get a quarterback this year you know it just shows a certain level of respect and, so, and- so that was gonna, that was actually going to be my follow-up question when you were done um on this show in the past we've talked about how you know you said that you brought up Atlanta not drafting a quarterback we have talked about how Tampa Bay uh, called Tom Brady and you know and get said hey you know we're going to be taking um, the difference you know, and, and, and Chicago also did the same thing for Andy Dalton, who had not yet played a game for the Bears. Do you think that was the, the turning point? Do you think – the, the, I mean, obviously a it's, lot of – It's just like any be. other place, man, behavior organizations. When, you, you, when you're valued or you're appreciated where you work, you work a little bit harder or you're trying – you know, I guess in so, – So Rogers do you think – so let me so, – so to flat out ask you, do you think – the, the decision of drafting Jordan Love is what started this snowball? Uh, I just think it's a, it's a cumulative. It, it, it's okay. a many different things um, from not being involved in some of the decision-making as far okay. as, you know, that's one of the reasons why he came in, you know, put, flexing his muscles and saying, okay, let's get back Randall Cobb. And they made it happen, right. you know. So it's just it's just kind of being on the same page and really valuing, you know, your 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 most valuable commodity, and that's your quarterback in most cases, you know, especially when you got a MVP and got a bad man in Aaron Rodgers. Yeah, no doubt. And and so uh Chris, I don't I hate to take your your role as host here. Um I, I'm gonna kind of change directions with you a little bit because I've heard you talk about this guy. Um as you talked about, you know, everybody was kind of sick of the repetitive Ted Thompson stuff and it wasn't paying off new voice, you know, new regime, new stuff, right. New coach, all that. Let me ask you this without there being an owner. And and sometimes we do see owners get over-involved like, like a Jerry Jones, for example, um, or in Oakland, uh, Al Davis was very much too involved. The Packers don't have an owner. It, it's stockholders. So Mark Murphy really doesn't necessarily answer to, I mean, he does, but he doesn't. Right. And that's so, a problem. Well, and, that, and that's what I was going to say. So Chris, cause Chris, you've, you've said that you're sick of Mark Murphy. I've heard that come from your mouth. So in this situation, do you also put blame on Mark Murphy for how bad things have gotten? Of, uh, of, of course. 
I'm about to say, I, 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 I don't know. I'll be his representative and answer it at the same time. I'm sorry, Chris, but all right. Absolutely. Right. I mean, you can't, you cannot have a conversation about a toxic company culture and not think that it doesn't start at the top. All right. And I'm sorry, folks, give me one second here. Oh, there we go. Sorry, I cut out for just a minute there. and My family's going crazy. I have a feeling my dog just laid another wonderful present at the table for my people upstairs yeah. for number five of the day. Goldie, no boy, Goldie. but no, but I, 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 when you're talking about toxic corporate culture, I, I don't know how you can't look at this heel. The real concern is I don't know what the mechanisms are for removing him. You know, because certainly as a as a um, major league sport that's owned and operated by a by a town, you know, uh, by the state there, by the city of Green Bay, um, it's hard to understand how the politics at the top work when you start looking at Mike Murphy and all of them. I mean, God, guys, you you start so much as we're, we talk about. You talked about how the Packers GM is partially respond. You know, how you asked him if he felt. Um, if you get this bad, if it's his fault, it's absolutely his fault. I think this, you know, you also asked, did drafting love set this off? I don't think that's it. I think this has been brewing for a while. Look at the lack of support on the offensive side of the ball that we have given Aaron Rodgers over the 12 to 14. You know, I mean, the guy hadn't been here for one contract. It's not like he was here two years and we failed to help him out. He's been here his entire career. He's on the wrong, he's about to be on the wrong side of 40 in a couple, not too far off here. And in that time, he has got to throw one touchdown to a first round draft pick wide receiver. And it was a guy we picked up five years really after his career was over in Mercedes Lewis. All right. I was, you know, the major concern I have here, one of the things, because I'm all over the board here is how many problems I have and I had to bite my tongue through quite a bit of it here is really let's talk about what this ends up boiling down to, right? As we're talking about the number of players who have broken off contract negotiations or are now publicly voicing their opinions about not wanting to play for this team, if that's the way they want to do business. And at the end of the day, bye Felicia. I, you know, I mean, Really, I mean, you honestly think that the Packers aren't going to find 20 guys who want to play fucking football in the NFL? Well, well so so here's my question. So I'm, I'm glad you brought that up because I, I was I was going to ask both of you this uh, after you were done. But no. I'm glad you brought that up because my question relates to that. So we talked about, you know, Devontae Adams has made his statements where he has cut off extension talks. There's a good chance that both Sidarius and Preston could end up walking and Aaron Rodgers being traded. Do you think when, when we talk about L, you had brought up Tom Brady leaving Tom Brady left, but I don't think that there's an argument that nobody would make that Bill Belichick isn't the best coach in the NFL for the last 20 years. Bill Belichick is still in new England. So Tom Brady leaving is a huge piece of that, but there's also still a huge piece of that winning culture in new England with these key guys that have been a part of the Packers success and Rogers being the main factor of that. Do you think this hurts green Bay? Are they going to find guys who want to play in the NFL? Absolutely. Because guys grow up dreaming of playing in the NFL, but is it going to hinder 
free agent signings with guys wanting to be in Green Bay. It, do you think that this this toxic and I'm that going to hijack about, that for okay. a minute here. No, go ahead. Go I'm on. going to make the statement and then turn it over to you because that's where I was going with this. We are a team that has traditionally drafted and developed. If you, you know, I can understand why the outside person looking in is looking at this as a total shit storm that could take a team. Nobody's ever going on a side there. All right. Well, you know what? For the Packers, we've only been signing free agents for like two fucking years. All right. So we draft, we develop. You know what? Draft picks aren't going to go back into next year's fucking draft when the Packers right. pick them in the but, top 20. But let me ask you, you this. Know? Not, so, I mean, but, am I worried about it? it? Yes. It's a team it is, concern. But really. Yeah, it is important because at the end of the day, um, without, you know, you know, Woodson or Reggie White wanting to come here and being somewhat right. still title town and desired. Right team to play for do you win a super bowl or do you become an organization like houston that people kind of really don't want to play for so well and so well, and that's and I, see I, and i don't know that it's really they don't want to pay for it i mean come on dude the texans have been on, mismanaged but let me let me ask for you the this. better part of All a right, decade right and so so as you say that and and uh i like L that you, you brought that up because that that's valid. And that's kind of where I'm going because Chris, you talk about draft and develop draft and develop happened under a GM who's no longer there and a coach who's no longer there. You are still winning with Ted Thompson. Both who helped pick the new GM. Who's a fucking shit storm. Again, you are, you are way you out have of a won the bag. last three years with a player with players who were drafted and signed by a GM who's no longer there and came up under a coach who's no longer there. We don't know. It, it hasn't been enough time to really know if Gouda Kinston LaFleur can draft and develop their own guys because no, we, we, the only guy that I think that I can come to mind that's been draft, that's at least shown somewhat of a sign. And one of you is going to smile and one of you is going to frown. And that's Rashawn Gary. He's the only guy that I can think of that's been drafted by Gudikins that you've actually seen. Say it again. He contributor. What's his, that, what's his name? <laughs> he contributor out of what? Three games out of the entire. Oh, but, 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 but that's my oh, point. That's yeah. my point. Showing so up we, in garbage so, time. So, so, and, so, oh, so stop hating, Chris. If, if that's the best player that Gudikins has drafted, are you still really a draft and develop team? That's the problem. Listen, I out of the list of demands Aaron Rodgers had, getting rid of our GM wasn't the most unreasonable. Because I've been <laughs> saying that for about two drafts now. Because there is a, I mean, outside of J- Jair Alexander, I haven't agreed. I mean, he we passed on TJ Watt. Savage is good. To fucking draft, you know, fucking Kevin King. King. Savage Kevin King. Is, Savage here, is going to be let good. Me, let me, not only that, not only that, but here's the, the other you talk, I mean, you could talk about the players you pass on all you want. The reality is the draft isn't perfect. Nobody's ever going to have a perfect draft. You're, everybody's always going to end up passing on somebody. That's just the reality of it. The, the part that gets me, and, and I, I, again, he hasn't been a GM yet, so we don't know. But I don't understand how you have a legacy sitting on a silver platter that all you got to do is pick up the phone and say, hey, man, you want to do what your dad used to do? Yeah, I want to do what my dad yeah. used to do. How, how they passed on Wolf for this ass hat 
is beyond me. I was shocked and repulsed. I mean, we we waved off two other teams who wanted to make Wolf their GM. Well, well not only that, and the rumor was in the time he Green was Bay, with us, and then we went with this fuck. The rumor was that Green Bay was trying to do the best they could to get Schneider to leave Seattle, and he said no. Because Schneider was a Green Bay guy. He he came up under Thompson and left right. to become the GM of the Seahawks. So Green Bay under Wolf and Thompson have put so many guys out there uh, that are now a right. part of other teams. I feel like it's it's kind of like the 80s, right? When you when you know Lombardi leaves and you're starting to lose. Yeah, tell us all about the 80s, Richie. Were you even <laughs> even alive in the 80s? I was not, but I know. The reality. I know who Tony rea- Mandrich is. Uh, unfortunately, I do too. But the, the, the reality about all of this, when it's all said and done, it's going to come down to what's going to happen next year. Right. Well, and that's, and that's really, that's part of it. Richie, you mentioned before that like, oh, it's, you know, that you thought, what are the reasons this deal goes good? And and I want to talk about the deal itself and what it sets up for Green Bay here in a minute. But you had mentioned before that Watson, uh, you know, sorry, that there were really no other quarterbacks who were, that next year was going to be a better market. There was going to be a bigger demand for Aaron Rodgers. And that really, there are a couple of things I want to point out there. One, that's contingent on Aaron Rodgers having a good year. And somebody willing to give it up for him. He comes out and shits the fucking bed because he skipped all the OTAs or whatever. I don't think that's going to happen. I mean, I think, man, I think Aaron, you, the, you Aaron know, Rodgers you, with the I, chip on his shoulder I, shows up and deals I, because I, that's what he does. You piss Aaron Rodgers off and you fuck with him and you put a chip on his shoulders. You have made a fucking I, mistake. I do think that, that is why I'm not out here talking shit about Aaron Rodgers. Aaron, we appreciate everything you've done. There is, but really, I think despite that, there's one team. There is one team that would take Rodgers for one year, even if he shit the bed. And it's the head coach. And it's the head coach that I just named. If you think Bill Belichick can find a way to win a fucking Super Bowl, he's going to fucking do it. Well, right. I mean, you're, you're right that I think that they're, but we also need to talk about news of, you know, I mean, Watson reported, uh, which, you know, he's still demanding. And they're trying to trade him. You talked about Atlanta. They've been talking about, you know, Matt Ryan's life will be on the out. Um, God, Matt Stafford, out, you know, is now in L.A. Yeah, we'll see LA. how that goes. My point is, is there could be an absolute selection yes. of aging quarterbacks on their, you know, of Hall of Fame quarterbacks Shit, available Pittsburgh. in the next year. And I don't know that Aaron Rodgers is the commodity that everybody thinks he is unless he comes out and has a season like he did last year. Now I'm fine with the Packers bringing back Randall Cobb, although I'm a little surprised that that's their fucking concession. I mean, whatever gets him back in the building and playing one more season. Now imagine that if you will, that the Packers go to distance, they make a trade at the mid season that maybe gives them some parts. They go the distance and maybe then, this thing is rebuildable. My question for you is kind of a conversation that Richie and I have had here a couple of times, Al, um, and, and really for both of you here, is the way I see this going down is really in one of two ways with Aaron Rodgers now, right? Which is either uh, he deals 
we do great in the offseason or we do great in the playoffs. We make a move maybe halfway through the season that he really likes, right? Maybe we make a move, we get a quarter cornerback or some, uh, a wide receiver that he's really fond of uh, or seal a deal on Adams or something and it really makes it go, hey, you know, if you guys are willing to make a couple more pieces and I'll wait till after the draft, if you pick up a couple of these guys, I'm good to go. Or he deals the Packers decide, great, you dealt. The cell ceiling is high. You don't want to come back here. We feel Jordan Love is ready. We were a couple of years off from holding this conversation. Any you had to expedite it. Then it comes down to do we franchise tag Adams or Alexander? And I feel like we'll we'll get a deal done with Alexander. I'm hoping that this bullshit on the offensive side of the ball doesn't transition too far over to the defensive side of the ball outside of the, you know, the couple of older linemen who have already become outspoken, who quite frankly, because quite frankly, any of these guys tell you the year before their last end of the deal that they're done, done, that they aren't coming back, then it's time to trade them off. And that's where they're at with Aaron Rodgers. I think Aaron used all the leverage he could to set up the same scenario in the offseason again. And I think that he may even still be a Packer until the draft gets done. But if we can't give him some of those needs, but really, guys, I mean, you know, and part of that, part of me, and this is the blue-collar guy in me who has had to eat shit from my boss on more occasions than I'd like to fucking remember, knowing isn't this kind of part of employment? I mean, I guess my question to you is, A, what do you guys think happens here? Out of all those scenarios, where do you land? And at the end of the day, is... Who, who do you think's out of line here? Is it Rodgers or is it the Packers? Uh, the million-dollar question. Who knows? You know, it, it's kind of split. You know, you, you got people that's diehard, that's happy to see Aaron back, but you have another fan base that's kind of feeling like they're sick of his shit and they wish that he would have, you know, packed his bags and had an opportunity to see uh, Jordan. You know, I saw an image today of a Rodgers go pack sign. Hey, hey, he is the man. Hey, that's the MVP. But, you know, a lot a lot of people was irritated by him being so bothered with this, you know, situation. Well, no, I'm but, saying the, the, the message instead of oh, go Packers, we love you, Aaron Rodgers. It was oh, okay. Aaron Rodgers, go, go pack your shit and get oh, okay. out of town. I'm with you. Do, 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 bring it back. All right, I'm with you, Chris. But yeah, man, I mean, you know, that sentiment was out, man. Um, a lot of people really became conflicted, conflicted. And the fanatic came out of everyone and it brought out a lot of different emotions. But I, I think the, the magic elixir is in winning. You know, if they win, then I think the desire for those deals to be made and, you know, it becomes a, a, a little bit more alluring. Um, but if we lose and you already have an organization or a franchise to where, you know, they might feel as if it's mismanaged or does not, you know, align with how they feel as a player should be managed, they're going to go elsewhere because you're going to have the opportunity to make more money and, you know, go somewhere else. That's the guy you don't let get to the end of his deal. You trade, I, I, right. The, my right. point is, is you franchise Adams, right? Yeah. And you either get a deal done by the midpoint of the season or you trade him off for anything, you, for everything you could get the out most of most you can get. And, and that's what right. happened and with I mean, Rodgers. Let's face it, time. somebody who's in contention, who's a wide receiver away, 
is going to give up a first round for Devontae Adams, even if he's gone at the end of the year, right? And if Aaron Rodgers is leaving at the end of the year, I assume we'll get at least one, if not multiple first rounds, and maybe somebody who then wants to pitch a fit about coming here. But again, then we end up being this draft and development team. But my concern comes in again is the asshat we're asking to draft and develop. And there's only two, there's two people in this room who think you can get the job done, and I'm not one of them. Well, Richie, if, what yeah, do you think? So, so What's your prediction for the Packers? Yeah. And fight the urge to do what a Bears fan oh, would do and just up. hope shut for the up. absolute shut worst up. thing. You you know that I, 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 you can at least say this. Of probably every person that you've ever met as a sports fan, I probably better than anyone can set bias to the side and have a real conversation about anybody, whether they play for my team or not. And when, when the occasion calls for it, can I take my shots? You fucking bet. I'm going to, I'm going to give you a little jab in the ribs and you know, I'm going to give you my little, but no, I mean, the reality is reality. And, and that's that we're, we're talking sports and that's fandom aside. And uh, I wanted to start with something that you had made mention of, and that's if Rogers came in with a chip on his shoulder and did what Rodgers does. The year the Packers won the Super Bowl, Rodgers threw 11 interceptions, which is the second highest total of his career in any one given season, and they only won 10 games. He also threw under 30 touchdowns that season. Also threw for less than 4,000 yards. Two years ago, in 2019, the Packers went 13-3. and Rodgers threw for 4,002 yards. He was three yards away from being under 4,000 again, and he threw 26 touchdowns. So when you say Rodgers dealt, there's two different types of Rodgers dealing. There's Rodgers finding a way for the Packers to fucking win games. And then there's Rodgers doing what he did last year, throwing 48 touchdowns, throwing for 4,200 yards and winning the MVP. There's two totally different things. So if Rodgers comes in and his numbers seem down, that might not necessarily have anything to do with Rodgers not being elite anymore. It just has to do with Rodgers did what he felt was was imperative for the Packers to win. Well, that's what Rodgers is doing now. And that's why he wants to be part of management decisions because in situations such as last year, when he had the fourth down opportunity, He'll tell LaFleur to get your ass from somewhere right. or so, from around here. <laughs> but, then, I'm but about do you to really run this want play. to give that kind? Well, so you want an entire so, locker room full of guys worried about not only making their coaches happy, the owners happy, but now they got to worry about on, keeping so, so, so one particular player on, in their on. locker here's, room happy. So, I mean, so that's a lot of power to give an employee. He is the guy. Coach, I mean, coach. that's a lot. I mean, but here's so here's the Where's thing. Where's the I, line? I I get that, and anybody from anybody on our staff to anybody at Riverside to conversations I've had with L, anybody will tell you that I am a players coach. I am not an X and O's guy first. I am about the Jimmys and the Joes. I feel that you can you can drop X's and O's. And be the damnedest best exes and old guy all you want. But if you don't have the people to execute the X's and O's, it doesn't fucking matter if you're the smartest guy in the fucking room. Because Church. you're not because if, if there's better talent across the field, that better talent is gonna outshine your schemes any day of the week. It doesn't fucking matter. Church. It doesn't matter. 
because there's because you can be the smartest guy in the room until fucking Tom Brady walks in. You can, be the, you can be the smartest guy in the room until Peyton Manning walks in. Reverend Richie. You know what I mean? I mean, it, at the end of the day, it's the people that 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 are on the field executing these things that you're asking them to do that are going to determine the wins and losses. Can you get out coached? Absolutely. But if you have the athletes to be able to to make up the deficiency, if you say, dude, look, we're going to run fucking power all day long. They can't fucking stop it. It don't fucking matter. I'm going to run power all goddamn day. I'll put up 72 points on your fucking ass. You can't stop one play. You know, it, I mean, that's just, it, it is what it is. Now, at the NFL, it's not as extreme because the talent level gap is so close when you talk about number one to number 53. The talent level shrinks in terms of the, the gap of players you have. Where the line is drawn, and this is where, in my opinion, this is on the fault of the Packers more so than it is Rodgers because Rodgers has been there what it will be 17 years. Okay. Gutekinds worked under Ted Thompson. He was Ted Thompson's right-hand man. So wrong number one, you fucking know Aaron Rodgers as a person. If you can't figure out that he's a fucking prima donna little crybaby, then you're a fucking moron. That's plain and simple because Rodgers has been that guy for the last 15 years. Regardless of wins and losses and MVPs, I don't give a fuck. Fuck that you guys are Packer fans. That's who Rodgers is. That's who he is as a person. If you haven't been able to figure that out and you're now you're finally figuring it out because he's going, well, fuck you. That's a problem. Number two, it's on the Packers because if all it takes is for you to put in a California area code and call him and say, hey, man, we want you to mentor Jordan Love, but you're our guy and you can't do that. That's a problem. The third one becomes... If, if, if you have messed up with one guy so bad that your key players want to leave, key players leave all the time. Key players switch teams every year. It doesn't mean everybody wants to jump ship. If everybody's jumping ship, it's the old teacher adage. If one kid fails the test, hey, I got to find a way to help that kid. If everybody fails the test, then that's on fucking me. As an educator, I got to find out what I did wrong as to why everybody failed. Can I get an amen? If everybody's amen. jumping ship, it's on the front office. It's something they're doing that is upsetting everybody else. Facts. And from Preacher Richie and all of us here at ES3N, we could not agree with you more, man. I think that concludes our <clears throat> Wisconsin sports episode here. From all of us here at ES3N, we want to thank you for tuning in. If you haven't done so yet, please hit that like button. Please hit that subscribe button. Make sure to check us out on TikTok, Instagram, and Facebook, where you can find all of our episodes. And if you haven't done so yet, please check out the laboratory with the one and only PLAZ. You can find us on there and no books given with the goo. Looking forward to talking to you all soon. Peace.